Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you feel blessed by today's message from our lead pastor, Greg Fraser. While we're gathered here today to have a sacred celebration of Remembrance Day. For the past 19 years, this church family has held a Remembrance Day service. And it's a call to remember those who served and sacrifices that allow us as a nation to exist and gives us the freedom that we enjoy. This freedom has been bought by the price of many men and women who fought and died for this nation. It continues through the service of many military personnel who continue to serve this day and the many police, RCMP, and all other first responders who maintain the peace and the freedom that we enjoy. We're going to take a moment just to honor these groups of people who may be gathered with us here today. Let's bring the house lights up just a little bit. I would ask to stand all our current military or veterans of our armed forces and their families. Why don't you stand just for a moment? Our current or former police officers and RCMP and their families, please stand. And current and former uh, first responders such as firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, doctors, nurses, why don't you stand with these that are already standing? Amen. Let's take a moment to say thank you to all of these incredible servants of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, why is a church having a Remembrance Day service? It's the same reason we have a Canada Day service in this church as well, because God is deeply concerned about the nations and understanding that God is a foundation in our nation. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers and peacekeepers because they shall be called the sons and the daughters of God. Amen? God is an incredible and incredibly moved by the service and sacrifice of those who have gone before us and continue to this day. I remember uh, having a Canada Day service in Fort McMurray when I was pastoring there, and uh, we had uh, a float set up in the parade for our church. And it was interesting because I received an email the next week, the week immediately following. And in the email, it just responded with somebody who was not happy to see the church in the Canada Day Parade. And in the email, they asked this question, what does God have to do with Canada anyway? Which was interesting to me. So I'm going to answer that question if that person happens to be watching online or is present with us here today. But first, let's pray, and we're going to see how God is involved in the nation of Canada and wants to continue that place within our hearts 
and uh, within the, the various servants that have served the peace that we enjoy in this nation. Well, let's ask the Father to be present with us. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for our many military family members and military continuing to serve us as a nation, God. God, we pray for all our first responders as well, Father. We are grateful for them. And may your heart be shed abroad in their hearts and lives today. Father God, help us to see how intrinsically you are a part of the foundation of this nation and that you continue to move upon us that we might live as the true north, strong and free. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I'm going to just go through a little bit of the understanding of our national anthem and how God really does tie into the foundation and the ongoing nature of who Canada really is and how important he is to us. Well, let's just peel a few layers of the national anthem apart. We're called the true north strong and free in our national anthem, which is interesting because it's not only talking about our geographical location, but it's also referring to the many um, values that uh, understand what true north really is. You see, true north on a compass is pointing in a direction, and it's giving us a direction to move. But when you understand true north principles, what it's referring to is these are the founding principles and values that a nation a family, a church, or an individual can hold to in their life that helps them and guides them on the journey towards staying true to the values of their foundation and give them a direction in their life. The True North Principles, they're the core founding values that give us direction. You know, Canada has some distinct core values. And when you begin to understand those core values, you begin to understand the importance of the service and the sacrifice of the many men and women who help keep us the true north strong and free. In Canada's infancy, there's a huge debate that was going on in the founding of our nation and how to name our country. And it's interesting, uh, Sir John A. Macdonald, before he was our first prime minister, was wanting to call the nation of Canada the Kingdom of Canada. And so there was a debate that went on, and uh, really, McDonald's heart and intention was to honor the monarchical system that we came from in England. And so, but there was a debate amongst our founding fathers because they understood that to call us the Kingdom of Canada would probably greatly offend our southern neighbors. And we're going to tell you why. They had just gone through a terrible civil war in which uh, the nation of England or Great Britain supplied arms and different things to the Confederates who were again defeated in that battle. And so they understood that, you know, to honor our founding fathers in England was to dishonor the people to the south of us. And so New Brunswick's premier, Sir Samuel Leonard Tilley, suggested a different name for Canada. 
And he based it on a scripture that he had found in Psalm 72, 8, that he shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And so when he presented the name, the dominion of Canada in parliament, they said, this is it. This is what we want. And so this was so serious. It's kind of interesting. They sent Lord uh, Carnavan, who went then to represent the new name of Canada to the Queen and to all the MPs at the British Parliament. And this was in the letter. The North American delegates are anxious that the United Promise Promises should be called the Dominion of Canada. It's a new title, but it, it is indeed in, uh, intended to, in part, as a tribute to the monarchical principles which they earnestly desire to uphold. And so by calling us the Dominion of Canada, they upheld and brought peace in terms of their relationship with, the, with Great Britain, but it also maintained peace with our neighbors to the south. Why am I sharing this story with you? Well, because this nation has then established that one of its founding values was to be a peacekeeping and a peacemaking nation. That's one of our founding values as a nation. And so I want you to understand the role of peacekeeping has become a, a indication of Canada's influence around the world. And we are known as the peacekeeping nation. Now, don't misunderstand. A great sacrifice, peacekeeping and peacemaking, is not about weakness. It's actually about strength. And it's really, there has been many sacrifices made to keep the peace, not only in this nation, but in the nations around us and around the world. It's interesting that God himself, Jesus Christ, is called the Prince of Peace. And so this is our national identity, really founding our nation. In the Peace Tower, which is the sentiment center of our parliament building, the most photographed part of our parliament building is incredible. And I want you to understand that this, this monument that stands for our parliament in Canada is, has many scriptures embedded within that foundation. You see, the foundation of a scripture of our nation was he shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The coat of arms of Canada in English is a reflection of that scripture saying from sea to sea, whenever you see the coat of arms. And the Canadian Bill of Rights introduced in 1960 begins with the Parliament uh, affirming Canada, the Canadian nation, is founded upon the principles acknowledging the supremacy of God. This was announced by our parliament in 1960. Canada's history is embedded with these deep, deep biblical truths, a framework for our nation living in peace and justice for all of its citizens. Canada's, uh, Canada's sorry, parliament building has 25 scriptures carved into the stones and embedded within the stained glass of that building. It's incredible. These are the true north principles of the foundation of our nation. The bell tower in the 
this uh, amazing structure has this declaration of the angels announcing the birth of Jesus. It actually has Luke 2.14 engraved upon it. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward all men. On the south window, literally carved in the stone, is Psalm 72.1. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. On the east window is Psalm 72.8, that he shall have dominion from sea to sea. And on the west window, Proverbs 29.18, where there is no vision, the people perish. We're going to talk about this one in a few moments. But nowhere is the idea of God embedded into our national identity more than the memorial chamber which commemorates the 116,000 men and women who died in the service of Canada. You see, the memorial chamber testifies that the struggle for peace, peace comes at the cost of human life. It's a sacred space and a sacred place. And if you go in there, you'll see this chamber and recorded on these, in this chamber is the seven books of remembrance. Even Ephesians 16, it, it commemorates the, what is written in the First World War book, the book of the First World War, which has 66,000 names recorded in that book. We've told you this in the past, but the pages of all seven books are turned every day at 11 o'clock so that every single name is on display in the memorial chamber. Every life sacrifice for the service of Jesus and the service of this nation. Amazing that of the 66,000 names that are recorded there, do you know that 20,000 of them never found a grave? They never could re identify their remains and so on all these stones and graveyards around the world to commemorate the Canadian citizens who died, defending nations, not even their own, is written the words, known by God. Right on their stones, that's what there. And even the Ottawa War Memorial who has buried the unknown soldier representing all of those that were never found and never able given a proper grave. How many know that the true north guiding principles that founded this nation are what we have been given to enjoy the freedom that you and I enjoy today? It comes from this foundation. Our anthem goes on and says, God, please keep our land glorious and free. I don't know if you know it, but you're praying every time you sing the anthem. Every time you're singing the anthem, you're actually holding up a prayer to God for the nation of Canada. You see, in our infancy church as a nation, we had a moral compass that pointed us to God. And we have seen and experienced the goodness in our, of God in our land because God has been part of our, of our land. You know, guys, this isn't about Christianity. It's about the principles that create justice, peace, order, and prosperity for any nation that sets God at its center. But at, like many people, even nations, 
begin to, to basically sway from their founding principles. I'll call this the adolescence of Canada, where the, we moved from the infancy and the foundation principles, but then we became adolescent as a nation. And like every other adolescent, you begin to test the principles and the boundaries by which you have been given the freedoms that you enjoy. You know, we say these words every Remembrance Day, lest we forget. And I think we begin to drift in our adolescence and forget the very foundations of our nation. You see, in our adolescence, sometimes we forget that the privilege and the peace and the prosperity we enjoy and the freedom we enjoy, we never paid the price for. And unless we're very careful and very thoughtful, you can neglect that and you begin to stray from those founding ideas and principles. It reminds me of the prodigal son, the youngest son in the story of the prodigal son, which you can read in Luke chapter 15 in the Bible. And of course, the prodigal story is this son who begins to depart from his father, and he makes these incredible bold things. He says to his father, give me my inheritance right now. What an insult to a family. If, can you imagine going to your family as a young upstart youngster and saying, I can't wait for you to die. So give me what I wanted. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it, but I want it. And so that's what he does. He doesn't want to bear any responsibility. He just wants to be given and given and given over again so that he can spend it on himself. It wasn't in the service of others, but it was for himself. Well, we know the prodigal story. If you don't, it doesn't end well for him. He spends all his inheritance on riotous living, the Bible says. And then it describes what that is. I won't read it to you or say it to you, but you can go read the story. He's everybody's friend. He's popular because he has loads of money and he's spending it on a party. And then his money comes to an end and the party comes to an end. And suddenly there's no one around him and he has to take a job serving at a farm, feeding pigs, and the slop he's feeding them is more than he's eating himself. The Bible says he finally comes to his senses and he turns back toward the father whom he left. It's interesting. When we lose sight of God, we begin to cast off restraint. That's why Proverbs 29, 18 is engraved right inside of the parliament of our nation. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no revelation... People cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. The, the scripture gives us clear warning as to what happens when people lose sight and stop having a proper vision. The scripture is referring to not like having a vision, like we're going to be a prosperous nation. What it's talking about is when you lose the vision of God, when you stop looking to God, you begin to cast off restraint. And it's interesting, the word cast off restraint means to expose and uncover ourselves from the care and covering of God. You know, the scriptures are amazing because there's another scripture that says sin is fun. Isn't that crazy? It goes on though, just hang in there. Sin is fun for a season. And we as a nation have lived 
in the blessing, uh, you know, not even understanding really how we've received that blessing or the sacrifice and service that has given us that blessing. You know, I think our prodigal nature as a nation is beginning to show some cracks. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I look at it sometimes going, does anybody see what's going on here? And how dangerous the way we're living right now is. It's super interesting to me that last month the department within the government that gives governance over our military chaplains sent forth this direction and directive literally a month ago. They were asking military chaplains to excuse the name, the name of God in their Remembrance Day services and ban it from any other public ceremonies. Now, it was immediately pushed back on, immediately. And people began to say, that is ridiculous. And uh, there was such an uproar that even the, um, the party of opposition within the House of Commons said, how in the world could we do that? It's amazing, this instant outcry, which made the government literally within two weeks turn back on this directive going to its chaplains. They said it was, oh, we're just trying to be more diverse because there are many Canadians who don't believe in God. But former military chaplain Major Timothy Milligan said these words, Nilligan, sorry. If this continues, all we'll be doing is glorifying the secular. In an effort to be inclusive, all the government is doing is being markedly exclusive. Thank God for the Legion and the Legion's response to that, even in our nation. A statement came from the Royal Canadian Legion said, prayer will remain an important part of the Remembrance Day ceremonies, including this year's observance at the National War Memorial. Now, amen. <laughs> Do we see the adolescence of a nation testing the boundaries? Saying, well, we've got to get rid of God. We've got to be more inclusive. And then our nation actually trying to move us to become exclusive and remove God from any of the founding principles that have given us the freedom and the foundation by which we stand today. Lastly, our anthem what I want to talk about today, it says, we stand on guard for thee. You see, church, our job is to stand on guard for the nation and for the freedom that we enjoy and our incredible heritage which has given us that freedom. You see, the Bible tells us as Christians and as others to stand in the gap for this nation and for even the prodigals who are now heading toward destruction in their lives and to say, enough, we're going to pray for you to turn back to God and find the freedom that you enjoy. Ezekiel 22 says this. God is speaking. He said, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it but I found no one for the sake of the land that I would not destroy it. 
I found no one, not even one. This is our job. You see, guys, the gap is the distance between the will of God, the plan of God, the goodness of God, and the decisions and choices of the people who don't know God. That's the gap. And God commands the church today to stand in the gap. And we stand in the gap and we call people back home to a revelation of God. We call people to understand that God is for them and not against them. That there's a God who loves them and a God who's willing good for them. Amen? This is God's heart. This is God's plan. That's why we have a prayer meeting tonight at 6.30 to pray for the nation of Israel, to pray for all the conflicts that are happening around this world. It's part of our job. It's part of our calling of service because of the service of those who have gone before us. Every Tuesday through Thursday, we have prayer at 9 a.m. I want you to know we pray for our military. We pray for all of our first responders. We pray for our, our RCMP and for our police services. We pray for all of these things, the blessing of the Lord. We pray for our businesses, as Pastor Peter said. We pray for all the aspects that make a nation great. We pray that the revelation of God will continue to do that. You see, we're on guard. We're on guard for God and for this nation. It's interesting, I looked up the word on guard, and it means a person who keeps watch, especially a soldier or any other person who formally is assigned to protect a person or to control access to certain places. In our world today, there are many people trying to access things that they have no idea what they're doing. And they're trying to sow seeds of destruction rather than seeds of gratitude for the service and sacrifice that has given them this. My name is Gregory, and the word means watchman. It's one of the orientations of my life. It's one of the callings of my life. And it's one of the callings upon the entire body of Christ. Are you like me? And sometimes you look at this world and you go, oh my gosh, Lord, have mercy on us. God, call us back to the founding principles that held you in your right place, Father. That we might not lose all that we have and all that we are the way of life handed down to us by our forefathers. It's not just about our freedoms. It's actually about the freedom of this nation. It's not just about us, church. It's about others. You see, the faith of our forefathers, the service of our many men and women who have paid the ultimate price for the way of life that we enjoy demands that we serve this nation as they serve this nation by laying down their lives for the sake and service of others. You know, their service to this nation demands a few things of every member of this nation. Here's number one. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful when you see an RCMP member standing in line at McDonald's. He's probably not even there because I don't know if it's very healthy, but... Would it kill you to buy a, a, a coffee for them? Just to say thank you? Thank you for maintaining the peace in our nation. 
Thank you for the service and sacrifice. I love buying coffee when I see military guys gathered at Tim Hortons. They always go to Tim Hortons. I mean, just buy them a coffee. Say thank you. When you see them walking by you, thank you for your service. Amen? We can do that. Be thankful, church. Be thankful for the peace and the freedom that we enjoy as a nation. I think the second thing it demands of us is be humble. You know, gratitude for the service of others demands humility. You know, none of us really paid the price for the blessings we enjoy. Very few of us, I should say, right? But man, I I just want to say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for those who maintain peace in our land. The attack against our police officers in the last several years is mind-boggling to me. You know how deeply that must hurt them when they and their, and their families have been serving this nation to keep the peace? Just thank them when you see them. Be humble, church. Lastly, be a servant. A humble, humble, grateful life is the great framework for how we should respond. We should live a life of service. Serve in your workplace, in your family, in your community. And when you serve, you greatest reflect the service and sacrifice that has gone before you. Not only in your God and His service and sacrifice to you, who went to the cross for you, But for our many military people, their families, our many first responders, police officers, just say thank you and then live a life of service to honor their service and their sacrifice. See, it's not just about us. It's not just about what we get and the freedoms we enjoy and we demand in this nation. We have to become servants now. This is what their sacrifice demands of us as a church. Well, I don't know about you, but I love Canada. I love Canada. And the more I travel around the world, I, I just love Canada. And my job as a pastor and your job as Christians is to call her back to her true north principles. To come back to the place of our true identity where God is at the center, telling the world that God is for them and not against them. You know, God is for you and not against you, but I'm going to give you a hint about God. He is actually against the things that steal your freedom. And He won't be compromising on that. He won't won't make allowance for that. Why? Because He's a good, good father and if he sees you playing in traffic he's not trying to limit your freedoms he's trying to save you and keep you from destruction that's what a good father or mother does hallelujah you see he's a father who welcomes all the prodigals home he's just waiting for them to turn back to come to their senses Well, my heart for this nation is that we don't have to go down the prodigal's road before we realize, oh my gosh, we've made some serious mistakes by eliminating God from our nation.
Let's stand, church, and want to do that and hold this nation. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more on our messages or information about our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. We hope you have a great week.